Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the creator of Submission Support, our monthly membership to help you curate and submit your next wedding. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. Today, I'm so excited because I'm chatting with my friend, Catherine Guidry, all about money mistakes photographers are making. She shares the top areas where photographers are not spending their money wisely. She gives her favorite resources to help us get on track, as well as some advice on how we can tackle this all on our own. A little bit about Catherine before we get started is that she is a wedding photographer, podcaster, and educator based in New Orleans. She's passionate about helping other photographers and creative entrepreneurs embrace imperfection and pursue their passions through the podcast, Mistakes Make Magic and her membership community, the Wedding Photography Society, and a variety of online wedding photography courses that are available right now. I'm so excited that she's here. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Catherine, can you say hi to everybody? Hello. Hi, everyone. Oh, I'm so excited you're here today. We've been trying to get you on the show for a while now, and it's finally here. Yeah, I am so thrilled. I feel like this is long overdue. Like you said, we've been trying to connect for a minute. So yeah. this is really fun. I'm, yeah. Thank you so much. Every time I see you, like either at hybrid or engage, I'm like, you got to come on the show. I'm like, yes. And then it didn't <laughs> happen. So last time I saw you, I was like, I'm emailing you. We're making it happen. So I'm glad I'm glad it all aligned. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? Oh my gosh. My pleasure. I'm doing great. Um, life is good. No complaints. We're in our busy season. And um, I'm expecting right now. I don't know if you knew oh that. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Um, thank you. So yeah, lots of wow. exciting things happening right now. Oh my in God. Life. I don't think I knew that. Congrats. That's so exciting. Oh, there's the bump. So I can see you. Oh, oh, you look beautiful. <laughs> you guys can see her. She's got the cutest little bump. How many uh, months are you? I am around four and a half months right now. Amazing. Oh, cool. Having a little girl. So oh our gosh. second girl. So wow. excited. That's awesome. Oh, gosh. And now this will be like frozen in time. Like when she was in the belly, you can come, you know, listen and be like, oh, you're in the belly on this podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, that's I awesome. love that. Well, today I am going to pick your brain and find out all about the money mistakes photographers are making. And I love 
uh, talking about this because I feel like money is a sensitive topic and we try really hard here to just, you know, dispel that uh, notion that money should not be talked about and money is a secret and you should hide things. I really want people to get comfortable with money and accept money and know that money is a good thing and you should be excited about money. And, you know, we can make mistakes with money. So I I think photographers have a lot of uh, pitfalls of when it comes to gear and spending it and not saving and retirement. So I definitely want to talk about that today. So I feel like this is a very um, important and timely topic, especially what, you know, we might be going through this year, Mm -hmm. next year. So I think it's important. I agree. I think money is huge in any business, but especially in photography because we're creatives, right? Yeah. And I feel like once we understand the power of like, I mean, for me, I've talked about this a few times on the show. Like I was afraid of my numbers. I was afraid of QuickBooks. I was afraid to know what was really happening. But once I uh, took the reins of that and, and really got granular and could see what was coming in and going out. I was like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. Like this is not scary at all. So I'm excited. But before we dive in, we're going to have a good show here. Um, I already can feel we're going to talk a lot, which is good. Let's tell everybody more a little bit about you, your company and how you got started. Okay. So I'll keep it brief because no one wants to listen to my life story, but (laughs) um, (laughs) a little bit about me. I am based now in new Orleans, Louisiana, Um, I have been a photographer since I started shooting, I guess, around 2008. I was studying architecture at the time. So I can really relate to people who are either, you know, in different industries wanting to do photography or transitioned from a different career path. And, um, I started shooting in undergrad, mainly architecture initially. Obviously, that makes sense, an easy transition. But, you know, buildings don't talk, they don't (laughs) smile, they're real boring to take pictures of. And so I started photographing portraiture and then moved into weddings. And that was when I found my calling. I feel like I was obsessed. I mean, if I wasn't working on my architecture projects, I was like reading a bridal magazine or reading a blog or a book on photography. And so by the time I finished school, I I did end up going to grad school. Unfortunately, it was... <laughs> a real dread. No, we worked on a fun project in grad school, so it was good. But um, by the for time archi- I finished, I knew I wanted. Was it to for architecture? That. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I finished. It's a, it's a it's a six year program, and like I kind of felt like if I ever needed that back, you know, if I ever needed to go back to it, I wanted to be able to say like, okay, I finished the program, so it's like a six year endeavor. But um, I actually threw away my photography portfolio about six months. I mean, my um my architecture portfolio about six months ago. So I was like, okay, I mean, there's no looking back now. (laughs) I think, I think you've made it. (laughs) I'm all in. (laughs) I think it's safe to say you're a photographer. (laughs) So that was, um, that was an interesting feeling, but yeah. So anyway, started the business. Um, I also met my husband, Brad in architecture school. He actually does practice. So I still dabble a little with him. Um, he has his own business, Brad, Michael architecture, and then he does second shoot with me, which is, a fairly recent thing. He started doing that about three or four years ago. Um, so anyone who works with their spouse, um, I, I feel you on that. It was a journey. Like we started, we started shooting weddings together, I think almost 
in the very beginning. Cause I think you're like, Oh, my significant other can shoot with me. And then he politely resigned. He was like, this is very stressful. And you're, you still have a lot to learn and I love you and I want to keep loving you. So I'm going to just put this on pause. And then about three or four years ago, um, you know, obviously I'm in a different space and place. And so <clears throat> he was like, I think, I think I want to shoot weddings. And I was on the, I was like, well, I don't know. You quit. Um, <laughs> that position has been filled, buddy. That was just been filled. But no, it's been wonderful. Actually, the pandemic was a big kind of push for that because a lot of our second shooters um, and our main one at the time was like really nervous about photographing weddings. And so, you know, Brad was sort of like a have to do at the time. And then since it's been actually really, really amazing for us personally and professionally. And so, yeah, so that's a little bit about us in the business. Um, we do primarily shoot in New Orleans, especially in this season of life, but leading up to, you know, pre-babies. And then I think even post-babies, I'm responding to an out-of-state inquiry right now. I think we'll get back to traveling a bit more. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, my husband is an architect. So no way! yeah, yeah. He's a practicing architect in the city. And he, I met him right before, no, sorry, right after he took his, the tests, like the nine tests you have to take. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'm glad I met you now. Cause if I met <laughs> you before, we would never be dating. Cause he said he was studying every two weeks, really intensely um, for these tests and you have to pass it and you only get so many tries so, yeah, I mean, architects, it's hard work, man. It's hard work. It is. It is. And, you know, Brad studied every day for like two to three hours. I mean, the day our daughter was born, he was like studying in the hospital while I was in labor. I mean, oh it, it is such a commitment. Yeah. Um. So I'm actually glad you met your husband after, too, because it's a big sacrifice, I think, for the partners to have to be <laughs> like, OK, I support you. But really, like, can we get these tests over with? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it really is so worth it. And he's he's very passionate about it. That's and I'm awesome. thankful he shoots weddings with me. So we, we you know, sacrifice yeah. for one another. Totally. Yeah. He helped me with two weddings when we first started. And then uh, and then that was it. <laughs> but it's, it's, they sound very similar, very supportive. Like, I'll, be, I'll help you. And then it's like, maybe you can find somebody else now. I'm like, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited. You know, we're going to be talking about, you know, money mistakes that photographers mm -hmm. are making. Um, I guess the question is, you know, how do we know if we're making a mistake? You know, where where do we even begin? Yeah. You know, I think with money, um, sometimes we don't even really know until it's kind of in hindsight that we're making those money mistakes, unfortunately. Um, but I think what we're talking about today and for those who are listening in, you're in the right place, right? Like to listen to and, and we'll get more into that, but to become educated in money will help you figure it out sooner so you can redirect and fix those mistakes you might be making. But I do think that sometimes it's it's a little late, like maybe, you know, we find ourselves really wanting to pursue photography, but like we just can't make ends meet, which is why I'm so passionate about talking about money, because, you know, we are creatives and we really do want to do this for a living. And I always came back to that, like, I want to learn about money because I want to do photography. And mm -hmm. in order for me to do photography, I have to make a living. And um you know, a lot of people are in that same position of supporting themselves or maybe supporting their family. And so that money becomes super important. And so <clears throat> for me, that that was kind of what I realized is like you have to be proactive and learn. And, um, you know, that's that's how we'll figure it out sometimes, hopefully sooner than others. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some even my so I've been shooting weddings. I started in 2010 and then I went full time in 2013. 
Um, but my, my journey, which I've talked about on the show a bunch of times, you know, my husband gave me, he supported me for a year. And then he said, if you can't make it, then you have to get a part-time job. And I was like, okay. So then I got a part-time job. And then when I could finally like contribute to the household, uh, month by month consecutively, I was able to be like, okay, now I'm full-time, but you have to have sort of like a goal or a parameter or to, you know, to understand sort of where you are in your business. Cause if you're like, oh, I don't know, I get paid here and there. And, you know, I just, just spit by every lens that comes out. Like I have wasted so much money on equipment when I first started that I want to, you know, kick myself, like punch my face. Like what, what were you doing? You don't need a tilted lens, you know, tilt shift lens. You're not that photographer. So it, it's interesting. So, you know, what are some of the common mistakes that we're making? What what are the common types? Yeah. So, I mean, you've already touched on one of them, which is going to be that you're not keeping track of your expenses. Um, you know, w- one of the things that we talk a lot about in our mentoring sessions is expenses and income and 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 how that parlays and relates to your pricing. And so all of these things are really intertwined and just like you said, sometimes you're not keeping track. You're just <clears throat> spending money on this lens or spending money on this styled shoot or workshop. And and then, you know, maybe you're getting a little bit of money, but like, are you, are you keeping track of that amount of money? So I think that's one of the biggest money mistakes that people are making is not knowing where they are at all times in their financial journey. Yeah. Um, I think another one is going to be not separating out their business from their personal money. And, you know, this is very simple, actually. Like if you're early on in your business and you haven't yet set up um, structure in your expenses so that like you have a an allocated maybe credit card or an allocated business account, and then you have your allocated personal card and your personal account... I suggest doing that. I mean, there are businesses that have them in one account and at the end of the year, they separate them out like for their taxes. But I think it just really makes it easy to separate out the accounts and never intermingle your personal and your business. And and that's really important to do. So I think um, that's one of the mistakes that people might not realize that you have to like set up a business and set up a business account and really become a true professional in your business early on, you know, talking to an accountant, talking to um, an attorney and getting those systems in place. Like if you want to do this for a living and you know, you're going to be successful, don't wait, just do it now. That was like one of the very first things that I did was just meet with them. And I was barely making any money. I mean, you know, that journey, Janae, like in the beginning, you're not making a lot of money, but that's when you should be setting these practices up is when you are early on. So when you do have a lot of money, then you're not like retroactively paying taxes and all these things. Yeah. Um, I will say like, I did that early on. So I was, I became an LLC right away. I opened my bank accounts right away, but I also did it from a place of like, I don't want anyone coming after me and coming after my personal finances. Like when you have a business account, you're covered with an umbrella that only that can be affected essentially, like depending on what kind of business type you are. But, you know, legally speaking, it's very important to protect yourself, protect your home, protect your car, protect your family, protect your retirement. Like God forbid something happens that you're in, you end up in court. You know, Maggie's been on the show a bunch of times, our favorite lawyer, but 
you know, I always, I started my business with nothing. You know, I, I paid like $800 to be an LLC and I was like, oh, this is so much money, but it protects me 13 years later um, to still have that, you know, to still do that. So I, I a hundred percent agree and get a separate bank account and separate credit cards for sure. Yeah. And also too, like, you know, we think a lot about the money side, like expenses and income and stuff like that. But contracts are a big part of a money mistake. Um, You know, I've had two conversations within the past two weeks, one about a photographer who, you know, collected money without a contract. And then now they're using an image for like a corporate business um, that's making a lot of money. And so that kind of gets a little hairy. And then another, you know, someone had canceled on a contract, but they are canceled on the payment, wanted a refund, but they didn't have a contract. So it can get a little, a little hairy. So I think contracts are a big part of that. Um, I think one other, you, you also kind of tapped into a little bit, which was you had talked about when you started your business that you had a certain amount of time to like make money. Um, And everyone's journey is a little different, but some people may be coming in who already have a job. Like maybe they're coming out of their job into photography and they're trying to decide like what to do and when to do that. And one thing that I've observed is that like people have this tendency to really jump ship from their job into photography very quickly And I think that the timing of that is really important. So, you know, not rushing too much and and actually really evaluating your situation because when you have a bit of money help from a partner or from another job, which, you know, I didn't have that when I started my business. And then now in these later years, like I do, and I see that you can have a lot more liberty in terms of your business. And so, like not leaving your job too soon would be a money mistake. And I think the last one, which is probably the one that people think of the most is just not charging enough. And, you know, how that affects your confidence, others' perception of your business and your booking calendar. So those I think are probably some of the top money mistakes that I'm seeing in in the business. Yeah. Well, those are five really big ones. <laughs> I think they're all five <laughs> really big ones. Yeah. I think I I agree. Or people are like, oh, being a wedding photographer must be so much fun. And he gets you all this stuff. But I don't, I also think a money mistake is not, is underestimating how much work it is to run your own business. Because I came from corporate America. I worked for a corporate fashion house for 10 years before I left. And I did have my husband to support me for a year. But I feel like uh, in those three years from 2010 to 2013, before I really went officially full time, I have never worked so hard in my whole life <laughs> to get a full calendar, to network, to save, to learn the craft, to do marketing, to do SEO. Like you have, like they call it 17 hats for a reason. Like you have to put on <laughs> all these hats to run your business versus sitting at a desk corporate America and getting a paycheck every two weeks because that is in your contract with them. Like it's a totally different mindset. And I think it takes a while to comprehend. Like if you don't work, if you don't hustle, you don't make any money. <laughs> what? Absolutely. Is that your experience? Like what do you yes. think? Yes. Yeah. No, I can't agree more. I mean, yeah. that is so well said. It's like, if you're running your own business, it's like a train that doesn't stop. You have to, the hustle doesn't end no matter where you are, no matter how long you've been doing it. 
Um, you do have more structure in place, hopefully, like you set those things up, like we talked about in the early years, but yeah, I mean, you, you still have to market and network and grow because you're running a business and, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also some people say, what's that saying? Like if you're doing this for three years and you haven't made a profit, it's a hobby. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Like you need to know your numbers, which is one of the mistakes and understand like, are you profitable? Like, are you, you know, are you saving for your retirement? I don't think photographers even think about their retirement. And I know for myself, I've said this before, but when I was able to put away money, max out my SEP account for the very first time as a business owner, I like cried. I was like, oh my God, because my corporate job was doing that for me automatically, right? Like I had it set up and it was going. And now every year I get to do it myself and it's really exciting. Like I love it. I'm so excited because one, it's a tax write-off and two, I'm paying my future self. Right. Like yes. I'm pay- I'm paying my 70, you know, 70 year old butt on a beach one day, but like, you did this, <laughs> you put away for your retirement. So I think it's something people have to think about too. Yeah. And congratulations for that, Janae. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think when you get there, you're like, I've made it. At least for me, I was like, this is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. So yes. now that we know, you know, what to look out for, you know, how do we avoid these mistakes from happening or even in like repeating themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great start. You know, people listening in, even just listening to conversations around money, maybe you didn't come from a money oriented family, or maybe there's, um, you know, conversations around money, like how, which you said in the very beginning that it's, it's awkward or it's uncomfortable or people don't want to talk about it. But <clears throat> I truly believe that, you know, education is going to be the key with money because it's not necessarily, at least for me, something that I learned about in school. I don't remember taking um, any classes that told me about saving or retirement or any of the things that we're kind of talking about. So I think, you know, listening to podcasts like this one, um, I wanted to also maybe mention I'm, you know, I came from a family where my dad, so he was a dentist for, I mean, 40 years, ran his own business and he was very money savvy. And I really am so thankful that he, he and my mom both have put a lot of pressure on us to not overspend and go into debt and have credit debt and all this stuff. Cause you know, as I get older, I'm seeing that that's very commonplace um, that we just sort of are in a society where there's advertising and a lot of things to push us to spin, spin, spin. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, And he's actually now a certified financial advisor in retirement. Oh, wow. And um, I feel like we have a lot of conversations around that. But if you're somebody who maybe doesn't, I wanted to mention a few really great resources that Mm -hmm. I have had. Um, I'm actually reading right now two books from Clever Girl Finance. uh, I can't think of the author's name, but there's Clever Girl Finance and then there's Clever Girl Finance about investing. So you were just talking about investing. That's something that I... I'm thankful my dad pushed me to do, but I didn't really like fully understand what's a Roth IRA. What are the limits? Um, you know, what's a SEP account? And you're probably maybe even listening to this going like, what is Kat even talking about? <laughs> um, <Yeah. clears throat> so I invest in, uh, um, 
at a, at a, at a brokerage. They have um, many of them. Some are more involved than others, like Vanguard. Um, you can you can do some research about what where you can invest online. Yeah, Fidelity I don't know is another Fidelity one. is another one. Um, and the Clever Girl Finance book does dive into the different options. Um, Money with Katie is an amazing podcast. She's young like us. She's fun. She's funny. I really like listening to her podcast. Um, if you're more of like a dry to the facts type of person, my dad actually started a podcast called Retiring with Enough. And it's focused all around retirement and finding that balance with life and money. And I think just kind of surrounding yourself with people who are interested in the same things you are. Like there's a saying that you're a compilation of the five or six people that you spend the most time with. If you find yourself around people who are constantly like going out and living beyond their means, or maybe they're in a different financial bracket as you, like just always be true to yourself Mm -hmm. and where you are in in life because you don't want to just try to keep up keep up like people will love you no matter what you don't have to overspend you don't have to do all the things to fit in and so um we actually were just talking about um i started a membership community last fall the wedding photography society and i think that even is a community where people have started to kind of connect on things yesterday we were talking about insurance Mm -hmm. and how much people are spending and so just kind of doing what you can to be in network with people who have this knowledge. And if it's not anyone that you can relate to in person, you do it virtually. And even at a base level, you listen to the free content online, podcasts, YouTube, books. Yeah. I love that. I think those are, I never heard of, well, I haven't heard of your dad's podcast, but I didn't hear of that (laughs) clever girl. I'm definitely going to look into that. We'll link some of those in the show notes. so You guys could check it out. Yeah. But I think let's talk about equipment. (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about equipment and um, the mistakes photographers make here, because I can share a plethora of uh, mistakes Uh I have made, but from your, your opinion, your advice, when you're starting out, someone who's listening now, you know, maybe they're a year in or starting or three years in. What is your advice with equipment? Like yes. purchases, because you were, you said living beyond your means. Yes. And I think debt culture is very real. I will say I was never in debt uh, with my business. Everything was a credit card and paid for um, or knew I would pay it off within a month or two. Like um, there's nothing over my head and I never want there to be because I, I can't sleep at night. When, when that's, you know, it's just, I've always been like that, like pay it off immediately, like two months it's gone. So I think, you know, using credit cards wisely to like your benefit, to get the points, to get the money, like all that stuff is cool, totally for it, but knowing your limits where you're not drowning, right. You're just pay it off. Like what is your advice for people listening who are like, okay, I need to get the latest and greatest or do you, um, for my business? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought up credit cards because I do think that there's a lot of conversation around that. And, you know, you'll hear something kind of out of context about points or miles or a sign up bonus. And all those things are great, like you said. But at the same time, I think what's more important is keeping yourself out of debt because it can very much add up quickly if you're someone who maybe doesn't keep track of that already and you sign up for this credit card. And then before you know it, you're paying like 25 to 30% interest. And then that, becomes, you know, $1,200. And so it just keeps growing. And, uh, and before you know it, you find yourself in a pickle. 
Um, when it comes to gear specifically, I have always taken a very frugal approach to this, which should come <laughs> as no surprise based on my last uh, comment. But, you know, real life, when I started my business, um, there was a camera center. I, I know that they probably don't have as many of these anymore because this was like circa 2008. Mm-hmm. But um, I rented my camera for weddings in the very beginning. It was like 200 bucks. And um, yeah, you know, I was spending $200, but I didn't at the time have a few thousand yet to spend. I mean, like I had only gotten paid a thousand and of that, I wanted to keep some of it to help, you know, maybe buy whatever batteries, just kind of start building my collection. And so I know there are rental companies out there, to my knowledge, they can get kind of expensive. So I would say, you know, when you're like starting to build up your gear, if there's a rental option, great. If not, then try to do the research on what what you can start with. Mm-hmm. Like there are some non-negotiables, right? Like dual card slots, in my opinion, non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, you know, having artificial light, like some sort of speed light and a prime lens or a good lens and a good body, like, but to, de- to further define good body, like you don't need the top tier Nikon, Canon, Fuji, Sony camera. Like you can get a, I mean, I just started using mirrorless in 2021 mm-hmm. or 2022, but up until then I shot with a D3S mm-hmm. up until that point. And like, you can get a D3S online for very cheap. Yeah. You can get a 24 to 72, eight Nikkor lens for very cheap at this point for that body. And so you don't have to start out with the very, very best thing. And I think in addition, in the industry, people are always talking about this brand versus this brand. And, oh, I'm using the Fuji GFX and I'm using the Sony a7 R3 or what, you know, like, and I, I may have said the Sony camera wrong, but okay. like, there's a lot of really good camera systems out there. And before you buy and stick to anything, like do your research. I mean, even for me, I I went completely mirrorless and completely mirrorless at the start of last year. So yeah, that would be 2022. Mm -hmm. And it was a big upgrade, um, spent a lot of money. And I really like what we're using. We're using the Nikon Z62 and a lot of the new lenses. We've also kept a lot of our native lenses. But recently I started thinking about switching to Sony or acquiring a Sony. But before I did it, because it's a pretty expensive camera and setup, um, I borrowed one from a friend. And you can rent one from a friend or you can maybe rent one online. But I borrowed it. I tested it out at a rehearsal dinner, tested it out at a wedding. And for me, I felt more confident, happy, content with what I have right now and what I'm shooting with. And because of that, it saved me from making that big financial investment, which would have really been a mistake. And so yeah. I think in a mistake because of I'm happy with what I am, not because it's not a good camera. It's a great camera. But for me, I was happy with where I am. And so I think like, you know, don't just take what people are saying and assume that you have to do the exact same thing because so-and-so is using that camera and they have beautiful images. Like they may have beautiful images because they understand light and they have, you know, a really great concept of what they're doing and their vision and their clients have a comfortability in how they're posing them. Like there's so much more than just the gear that you're shooting with and people get really wrapped up in gear. 
Yeah, no, I I love that you said that. I feel like comparison is uh, the thief of joy, right? So like people are like, oh, my gear is the best. Or I love Sony. I love this. I'm a Nikon girl too. So I love that we're Nikon people. And I love that you went mirrorless. So we'll talk about that after the show. But (laughs) like uh, two years ago, I had this come to Jesus moment where I was like, I'm going to jump ship and I'm going to go Sony. And I'm going to do this. And I want to be mirrorless. I want to be lighter. Well, it turns out after I met my friend who has a Sony, she has like the top one and her top Zeiss lens. This is like geeky, but it was heavier than my DA50. And I was like, okay, well, this defeats the purpose of me shooting mirrorless because it's actually not lighter at all. It's much heavier. And then I have like seconds that use my their Sony's um, with me. And I don't like editing those files. Like they are not my preference. So I, you know, for me doing my research, being smart about it, I'm like, no, I'm sticking with Nikon. This is what my dad gave me 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I've just grown with that brand and that's me. And that's my journey, you know, but in the beginning, when I was starting, all my friends were on Canon. They were all like, Canon is the best. But one, once I looked at a Canon, I realized way back when the D Mark threes, they only had eight focal points. And then the Nikon had 51. And I was like, okay, that's all. You know what I mean? Like, you'll never know unless you get the device and check it out and make a smart decision for yourself. And earlier the show, I was saying I wasted so much money on lenses and gear and stuff. And that's true. I bought lenses. I didn't need uh, tilt shifts and uh, zooms. And, you know, I think it also is experience that makes you smarter. So like, if you can learn from us today, it's like rent before you buy, because for me, I only shoot prime, but I didn't know that until I got zooms and they couldn't, they weren't as fast in in like dark situations. So if you don't have the experience, how can you make a really informed decision? Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. Yes. Yes. To all of that. Yeah. So don't, yeah. So test it before you buy it. I think that's a good mistake to avoid. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. So, you know, what, what steps can we take in our business to help us save our own money? This is such a great question. Um, in regards to saving your money, um, the first thing that I would suggest for people is to find, um, an accountant, someone who really understands, money because yes, we can save, you know, $10 on a subscription here, or we can save, you know, a few dollars on a piece of used gear here. But having an accountant on your team that you can reach out to, trust, ask questions of can literally save you thousands. Mm -hmm. When I was buying my house, when I was buying my car, um, you know, having an accountant that you can ask like, okay, should I be buying this with with personal money or should I, you know, how should I be buying this? Should I be paying? Can we depreciate this? How much should I spend? Like these are really big money decisions. And so I think my first suggestion would be to have an accountant and someone who can help you with those financial decisions or maybe a financial advisor. And then also when it comes to like your taxes, um, we just interviewed Tara, um, Kimberly Tara of the Tara CPA firm and the Wedding Photography Society. And she talked about how there's a difference between tax planning and tax preparation. 
Mm. And like tax preparation is just basically paying what you owe. But if you plan throughout the year that you can actually save money in the end. So that's kind of how an accountant can help you. Um, If you have someone maybe that is on your radar that is really good with finances, maybe they can mentor or coach you. If you're talking about just keeping track of your finances, like kind of going back to the money mistakes, have a tool like Dubsado or and or QuickBooks. So I use both. I use Dubsado to manage my clients. I think you said you use 17 hats, right? Yeah. Jane? Yeah. I wish I had Dubsado. I always say that. I, I, I didn't check it out when I was researching. I must have missed it. I don't know why. Well, it's never too late to switch. I switched after 10 years of being in shoot queue to oh. Dubsado. Although I think 17 hats is in it's a better okay. place yeah. than shoot queue was when, when I switched. Yeah. They might be better now. But um <laughs> So anyway, Dubsado, and I'm sure like 17 hats, it has a dashboard and you can kind of see, like I have a monthly financial goal and it's the first thing you see when you open up the profile at the top is like, there's my monthly goal, where I am in that monthly goal. And I can see how many open invoices I have as well. So how much money I'm going to be collecting with all the signed contracts I have right now. So that's really cool to see at any time. You can be like, okay, oh, I really need to book more weddings or, oh, I don't know. Like, I think I'm in a good place. Maybe I should be a little more picky. So I think Dubsado is really great for that. And of course, you can see all of your invoices and details to track like how much your average client is spending and what are they spending on, things like that. And then QuickBooks is great for the more in detail, you know, like every month we, I don't, I know every location is different, but like here we have state and local sales tax. And so every month I do my, reconciliations and my account balancing in QuickBooks. And then I figure out how much I need to pay in my sales tax. So QuickBooks is really great. And then, like you said, just, you know, like if you want to save money, don't spend as much. Like Mm -hmm. it's really hard to, (laughs) it's easier said than done. Yeah. But, you know, be picky with where you're spending your money. Um, Talk to others in the industry. I know for me, anytime I've signed up for like, um, we, we talked about engage, right? Like I went to engage, but before I ever did, I listened to, um, podcasts where people talked about it and, and live calls and E3. Um, I talked to friends, like, is it really worth it? Is it, how, what's it like? And so, cause it's a big investment. It's, yeah. it's a lot of money. Um, and I've t- attended a ton of workshops. I went to Jose Villa's workshop years ago, oh, wow. which was like a worth every penny and more. Um, but I always did my research before I signed up for something yeah. like that. And so just kind of, you know, a lot of what I feel like I'm talking about today is, is education, you know, yeah. just being really knowledgeable about money and, and there's so much information out there. We just have to carve out the time to listen to it. And even if it's not your most exciting topic or the thing that you're most passionate, like you'd rather talk about photography or gear. The thing of it is, um, the most beautiful thing about money is that what it, what it awards you, like what you can do with it and where you can go and travel the experiences you can have, um, even just going to gear, it's like, yeah, maybe, you, maybe you can't afford that best top piece of gear yet, but when you can finally buy that Nikkor 51.2 and you shoot with it and you're like, oh my gosh, this was worth all the time, effort, money I spent saving up for it. Like those sort of things, um, I think really pay off. Yeah. I love that. And, and just to touch on workshops for a minute, cause I feel like that could be a big money mistake as well. Yes. Right? Um, well, the whole reason I started tea with Janae was to help photographers because I felt that people and I know my friends are being taken advantage of. They would go to a workshop or a seminar 
and they would spend three, four thousand dollars and they would just leave with photos and not education. So that I mean, that's why we're here, <laughs> you know, 150 episodes later, like this is where <laughs> it started. And I really want people, if you're new, you know, workshops can be amazing. You make relationships, you meet the vendor team, you build your portfolio in the right. It can be great in the right way. There, there are so many benefits to a style shoot where depending on where you are in your business. But I also, there are a lot of pitfalls and I think uh, wasting money is really one of them. You know, like if you know going in, you're just going to get images for, for your portfolio, fine. That's that is fine. But if you're promised education and you leave with the same amount of knowledge you know going in, was that worth it to you? It was a waste of money in my opinion. So I feel like like you said before, do your research. You 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 do your research on workshops or the hosts or the conference or the conferences like engage. Uh, I'm speaking at Hybrid Co in a few weeks like you know, do your research. Who has been there? Who who has learned from this educator so that you are not making a money mistake of wasting four or five thousand dollars on a a styled shoot, quote unquote, where you could have done it yourself for a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. I just want you guys to save your money and I don't want you to make any mistakes where your accountant is going to be like, all right, you went $5,000 here. You know, is that a business expense? Like what happened? So what do you think? No, I agree. I I think that depending on where you are in your business, there's different educational avenues. Like you could be super early on and get a lot of benefit at a big conference. Like when I started my business, WPPI was a great fit for me because I had so much to learn and I wanted to just collect wanted to just be a sponge. But now I feel like WPPI is somewhere that, you know, I'm speaking like I would be speaking at that versus attending. So like at this point in the business, it doesn't make sense for me. But I think that is a great place to be depending on where you are. Then you can progress into more of a workshop where you can be in a smaller group. You can ask more questions. You can meet people. You can learn and get images for your portfolio. Hopefully, the educator is also educating, like you said, and not just creating content alone because content's great, but are you able to actually replicate that on your own? And are you really accurately representing the type of work that you're getting hired for too? I think that's a misconception that happens for workshop attendees. And so... All of that kind of is is good in that, I think, three to five year range ish. Yeah. And then after that, like when you're really getting savvy in your business and you're wanting to connect, then it's more about relationship building, um, one-on-one mentoring, like really getting that custom help that you need and forming your own groups that you can turn to and like ask questions of. And so it's really exciting and fun. Yeah, when when you see a new conference or a new workshop or even a new membership or whatever, but it's like, you really do just need to kind of evaluate where you are and what you're needing in your business. And also, like you said, who's the educator? Is it someone that is going to show up? Um, when when I started my membership, I had so many people reach out and just say, and just talk about like the fears and misconceptions that they've had because they've gotten burned and you know they've invested in memberships where maybe like they don't show up for three months or they don't deliver the content and they don't, I mean, like crazy stuff, like not answering cancellation emails for two months. I mean, just, (laughs) yeah, 
you know, and so it's like, you know, you really just want to have a good understanding of of what you're stepping into. But I will say, like, I have attended um, several conferences. Hybrid Co. was one of them. Um, and I've spoken at Hybrid, the show at United Conference, WPPI. And then I've also attended like Jose's workshop. I went to Caroline Trans Propel workshop back in the day. Oh, wow. And like so many, you know, fun, exciting things that have helped me really advance my career. So I definitely recommend doing those things. But I think making sure you're in a financial position to do it. And then also that you're going to the right one for you in the stage of your business and like with the educator that you feel most aligned and connected to. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Just do your research. I think edu- you know, uh, they're all beneficial. They're all good. I, I went to WPPI twice when I first started, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but now I wouldn't, I'd never go back to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I just was at Engage last year and that was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah your the season you're in depends on, you know, what you're going to do and what you're going to attend. Like, would I go, I teach, I'm going to do a workshop. No, sorry. A style shoot at Engage. Sorry. Hybrid. Yeah, at Hybrid Co. But it's all education-based, right? So it's, oh, gonna, it's cool. very different. It's going to be different from what they've done before where you show up and it's a shootout. This uh-huh. is like, no, 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 we're taking it slow. You're going to understand why this is successful because I want you to leave this styled shoot with more than you came out with, came in with. So I want you to leave with knowledge that will propel yes. you in your business. So like that, you know, that's my mission and and not everybody's like that, but at least for me, like I, you know, I feel like you're the same way. Like I want you to be better than when you came in. Like when you started this podcast, you're like, I don't know anything. And then you're going to leave here and you'd be like, I know a lot more and I'm going to go get those books and I'm going to join that membership and I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to take charge of my my financial stuff mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop making mistakes going forward. Yeah. And just yeah. having that awareness about all the things. Um, I was talking to someone just yesterday. I was like, you know, in life, you can totally let life lead you and you can totally not make any decision and let it happen which is an approach and that there's really nothing wrong with that. And I was like, but, you know, I've always kind of let life happen, but had an idea of where I wanted to go in mm-hmm. mind, knowing that it could change because we don't have complete control. But I, I feel like when you when you have that awareness and you know where you want to go, um, it, it sort of sets you up to be more, feeling as though you're more in control of your life and feeling as though you're more on a path of where you're headed. Like I, I could be an architect right now and life would probably be fine. I just don't know that I would be as happy as I am having made the dis- the conscious decision that like, I don't feel good in this and I want to try at least to pursue what I'm joyful in. Yeah. So yeah. Following your dreams, taking yeah. the leap, taking the leap, believing in yourself and following your dreams. It's really all it's exciting, you know, it's yeah. exciting and nervous and, and hopefully, uh, and hopefully you're successful at it. And here you are, uh, how many years later, eight, uh, 10, 15, no, 15 years later. Is that right? Is that right? Matt? Getting, getting close, getting yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Getting My old. Math is shoddy on the shot here. <laughs> yeah. Well, before I let you go, we I always like to wrap up the show with sort of like some takeaways that if, you know, we talked about a lot, we had a great chat. I just want people, you know, if they're, when you're listening, you know, what are three things that they can do today after this episode right now that okay. will help them avoid money mistakes? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if I had to say three things, I would say um, 
The first thing is that if you are completely clueless about money and you're listening to these conversations and saying, I'm not there yet. I can't do that. I'm here to tell you that you totally can, that you can absolutely learn. And I think the first step for me, I would suggest it would be read Financial Peace University. Um, it's a Dave Ramsey book. It comes with a workbook. Someone gifted this to me, actually, Vanessa Joy. I don't know if you oh, know Vanessa. Yeah. She gifted this to me for my wedding. And at the time, I was like, hmm, this is like such an interesting gift, so unique and different. But most people were giving us like punch bowls. And Vanessa gave us like this book. But it truly changed Brad and I's life, I think. We um, read chapters out loud at night while we were cooking and we would make notes about what it talked about. And it talked about things like getting out of debt and saving money. And, and Brad had a ton of student loans at the time. And we have paid all of those student loans off. Um, we are just like super proactive in every transaction that comes into our account. We, we know what's happening in the business and in our lives. And Financial Peace University, even though we don't do everything, like we don't have an envelope of cash that we pay for our groceries out of or anything like that, um, that book and, and Ramit Sethi's I Will Teach You To Be Rich would be like my step one. So I would say start there. I think secondly, um, we didn't really dive a ton into pricing, but pricing is a big part of running a photography business because you can save your money and know your money all day. But if you're not pricing yourself appropriately, that's really huge. So if, if you um, are struggling with how to price, there are many resources out there. Um, we have like a little pricing mini course. I know a lot of photographers do and everyone's kind of do doing it probably maybe close, but maybe different. So again, do your research. But I think like with pricing, it's really important to price yourself appropriately and do it in a way that's like actually repeatable with a mathematical formula so that you know how to adjust your custom quotes you know that you're always meeting your minimums um, based on the number of weddings you're booking and so on and so forth. So really, like, yes, your finances, but also your pricing for your photography business would be two. And then the third would be to just really become analytical in your own life and self, your income, your expenses, and just really grabbing hold of, of what's there in front of you and understanding that. So th that would be my three things, I would say. I love this. It sounds like you have to come back and we have to talk about pricing. I feel like that's <laughs> going to be our second show on T with Janae. I love talking about pricing. Um, yeah. in, and as you know, there's so many crazy things that people say in, about pricing and um, a lot of controversy around it. But I think pricing is big. It can, it can make or break your business. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about that. We've talked about it before, but I don't think we've actually had a, a dedicated show. I could look back about pricing and pricing yourself right. So I definitely want to do that. But I feel like yeah. if you undervalue yourself, right, and you get taken advantage of, you get burnt out, you're going to, yeah. it's just, it's just a whole plethora of things. And the more expensive you are, the more desirable you are. And then it's also, you know, you lift everybody up, <laughs> like you lift up your section of photography. Like if everybody starts raising their prices collectively, it, everybody wins. You know what I mean? Like when I really, I really feel that way too. So. Yeah. And I, and I think with pricing, it's like, it's very complex because it does impact like your, your workload. It impacts people's perception of your business, the clients you're booking. Mm -hmm. And, and and on a flip the flip side of undercharging, you could also overcharge too. You know, like people 
could overcharge and put themselves in a position where maybe someone has um, a perception based on their pricing that they're knowledgeable and capable of photographing maybe a certain caliber of wedding in a certain location. And then they get there and they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> like I wasn't ready for that. So I think that that could go both ways. Yeah. But I think most importantly, it's just being like coming back to those formulas about your pricing and, and having integrity about it. That's probably my biggest like pet peeve, I think, in the industry is, is, I mean, I was at a conference and I was standing next to a photographer who was leading, you know, a group of photographers and I overheard her say like, oh, well, you know, just wait till you get their budget and just kind of judge your pricing essentially based upon what they tell you. And I just, I personally feel like that's a bit unethical. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, pricing, just like with any other aspect of your business, it comes back down to, you know, you and your situation and, and what you have set up in place and where you are. So I would, yeah, I, I think not to get too whatever about pricing, but yeah, I, I love, I think it's a very complex topic that can impact so much of your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh, Catherine, yeah. this has been awesome. Yeah. I can chat, I can chat with you all day long. <laughs> no, I love chatting with you too. This was really fun. Like you're such a great um, conversationalist and you do such a great job with your podcast. So thank you for, you know, creating this resource for people. I think it's really amazing, Janae. I think this is oh, great. Thank you. That means so much to me. I, I I will say in the last few weeks, I've re- I've received a bunch of emails and DMs from people thanking me for the show. And that means everything to me. I just like, I still I can't believe that one person listens, let alone a lot of people. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Awesome. So it's just, I love it. And it comes from my a good place in my heart. And I just want to help you guys out. Um, you know, as much as I can. So before I let you go, let's let everybody know where they can find out more about you, your services, your membership, and say hello online. Give us the goods. Okay. Um, So I guess the best hub would probably be my website, which is katherinegidry.com. I know Gidry is a little crazy. People see it and don't know how to say it, but katherinegidry.com, G-U-I-D-R-Y. And um, yeah, I have all the education stuff there. Our membership's called the Wedding Photography Society. So weddingphotographysociety.com. We're open in enrollment a few times a year. We're closed currently, but um, yeah, I think that's a great place for people who want to be full-time in weddings um, for sure. So yeah. yeah, thank you for letting me share that. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to. And you guys can swipe on up right now. Click on the show notes, click the links and let Catherine know you listen to today's episode. (laughs) And then I guess my question before I let you go is for your membership, uh, is there a wait list? Is there like an option for people to find out when you're open again? Yeah, there's a wait list. Um, We have educational courses that are open throughout the year. So if they get on our email list, they'll know about all the things. But the membership is waitlisted except for the one week, four times a year when it's open. And at that time, it's just nice because everyone comes in at once and they can connect. And, you know, it's almost like, oh, I joined at the same time as this person. Like, it's just nice to have people come in at the same time and and make those friendships. But, But yeah, they can totally get on the wait list until it opens. Awesome. Cool. Well, I hope you guys check that out. Catherine, thank Thank you you. for being here. This was so much fun. And hopefully we'll have you come on again real soon. I would love that. Have a great day, guys.
today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Catherine for finally being on Tea With Today. I'm so thrilled to have you here. We were trying to make this happen for a really long time, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about Catherine, the Wedding Photographer Society, and her courses, be sure to swipe on up, click those show notes, and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.